0: Welcome back to It's a Woman's World, an inclusive space for women and young girls to connect and lift each other up as we hear from inspiring women leaders from all over the world. Joining us today is one of the founders of and Kicks, Kiku Chowdhury. and Kicks is a sister-founded beauty brand reimagining hair care inspired by ancient Indian rituals with Ayurvedic herbs, oils, and flowers. Before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you for being here and taking the time to be with us today and to share your story. I personally am so excited to hear about how Shaws and Kicks was founded, what inspired you to do that. And also just hear from you because um, your company already is just so inspiring to me. And yeah.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and um, yeah,
0: I can't wait to, to share more. Yeah, of course. So first question, let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about your backstory. How have your past experiences led you to founding Shaws and Kicks?
1: Yeah, so I'll say my. This is definitely when it comes to my career and work. It's definitely my, like, second, maybe even like third life. Technically, I um, I was an when I my undergrad, I studied um, international relations and South Asian studies. Um, I was always incredibly passionate about my, you know, um. Origin country, which is India. My parents are immigrants from India. Um, we lived there when we were younger. I spent all my summers there, and I've always felt felt really connected, um, you know, to to my heritage and culture. I loved it so much that I um, originally thought I was going to kind of go more into government work and work in international relations with the region, um, which is what led me to study that in undergrad. Um, you know, but you know, like I'm like eighteen and just trying to figure out what you know what what my career is going to be i kind of went a couple of this way and that way um i didn't go into into um into my the original plan of going to more into government work um i ended up working at a nonprofit in um and i moved to new york city right after undergrad and i worked in their marketing department and um That was like way back in the day when things like Facebook and Twitter were just kind of like coming up. They weren't really, um, they're more for personal use and like brands were just kind of discovering them as a type of marketing platform. Um, I joined the Food Network's nonprofit division and um, in the marketing department. And I was um, one of the youngest people on the team. and, and, um, And like my boss, I remember being like, oh, you know, I think Facebook and Twitter are these like, you know these kind of like maybe these marketing platforms that other companies are getting onto. Do you think like you can set it up for us and, and look into it? And I was like, yeah, sure, of course. Um, and she really asked me because I was like, I was just the youngest, and <laughs> like, you know, of like a, probably a social media that I was most familiar with at that point. Um, anyway, so I kind of entered that world. It was still very much in the nascent phase, um, digital marketing and digital business. And I, um, I kind of stumbled upon it, and I really, um, I really loved it. I really felt like I could feel like the the world was going towards this of the the world of business, and I think at the core of it, I've always been just a um, a storyteller, and I love understanding mm-hmm. uh, human behavior and um, how people kind of move through this world and why they move through this world in, in certain ways and communities and culture and um, and you know a lot of that is marketing, which I didn't you know I didn't really know that as an undergrad, but when I when I started working, um, that's what I kind of realized. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I went back and I got my master's specifically in uh, in digital marketing uh, in Northwestern Chicago, um, and then I moved back to New York and I entered the digital agency world. Um, worked on um, you know kind of like wide variety of different brands, um, both from like the tech world and consumer goods. And I always had this love for like fashion and beauty and. Mm-hmm. I remember talking about it with my boss at the time. And so they put me on the Johnson & Johnson beauty account. And so I helped lead digital strategy for Aveeno and Neutrogena at that time. Um, really enjoyed it. And that led me to um, then join Condé Nast, which is like a really big publishing company, they were just starting their um, the digital side of their business. Um, and they were hiring like a small team. I was able to join in and I became the lead digital strategist for Vogue.com. They moved over to GQ and then for years kind of worked within um, the digital platforms um, and portfolios of Condé Nast, uh, where I really, again, continued to like hone my skill in storytelling and media and tech um and um yeah and kind of just really really enjoyed all of that i think as kind of years went by and um and i was really enjoying my career and the space i was in i think one of the things that really hit me after you know being you know being on the working world for almost 10 years at that point was um you know i derive a lot of value and joy out of work um but the Mm -hmm. end of the day i felt like working in kind of a big corporation i was um you know, like I was disposable at the end, at the end of the day. I, I really enjoyed my work. I had a great team. I had a great boss. I felt supported, but I still felt like, um, yeah, I could, be, I could be replaced. And that's just kind of the feeling that I got working in like a larger corporation. And the more I moved up the corporate ladder, the more I felt like I wasn't, I was just playing a lot of, I don't know, kind of having to deal with bureaucracy and politics. And I felt like I wasn't yeah. really creating or it wasn't like my output wasn't, what i wanted it to be i just felt like i was like in meetings all day <laughs> and <laughs> and it kind of really hit me that i wanted to you know if i spend like so much of my life um giving to work i wanted to mean something i wanted to be something impactful meaningful to me um so that's when i started really kind of exploring the idea of starting a business i'd never i don't come from an entrepreneurial family that's not kind of where my career was i was you know comfortable and secure in my like you know, larger corporation Mm -hmm. career, and it was going well and everything. There was really nothing from a work perspective that um, that like, you know, kind of was was particularly negative, but I really wanted to drive more meaning and drive more impact. Um, And I wanted to really be hands-on in creating like an output. And during this time, um, I moved back to Texas, which is my home state. And my sister who had also lived on Dubai for many years. So we weren't even on the same continent for many years. She also moved back as well with her family. And we've always been incredibly close. And we both have this just deep love and and deep love for our heritage. And we really wanted to start thinking about how we can celebrate it um, and how we could really bring certain rituals and practices, more in mainstream and really be part of the narrative. And this was around 2018. And we felt like there had been so many um, wonderful practices and ingredients and rituals that have entered from the Eastern world over to the Western world. But we felt like a lot of Asians or South Asians weren't really controlling, you know, weren't really in control or they really weren't part of the narrative or really part of building um, through like a lens of authenticity and correct attribution. So. we took a lot of that kind of, um, all those things, like we have been, we wanted to do something as together as sisters. We were both like, how can we like spend more time together? We're like, okay, let's work together. Um, and um, and so, you know, it was kind of the love of just wanting to hang out more and build something with my sister. It was like this kind of deep rooted passion and love for um, my South Asian culture and heritage. And really, really feeling like, you know, we we kind of sat around as a family, for many years, talking about how um, you know things like turmeric or yoga or meditation all came from Asia, but a lot of the attribution has been taken out of those um, of those practices, and so we really wanted to kind of be unabashedly uh, and uh, unapologetically and with you know with a lot of integrity bring. Um, bring you know, the wonderful things that are so universally you know, beneficial to everybody, but really still celebrate the roots and the origins. And so that was kind of the impetus of starting and thinking about and Kicks. Um, yeah. And then we we, you know, I, I came from beauty and fashion and storytelling. Um, we felt like hair is such a quintessential part of the Indian culture. It's such an integral part way of especially how women take care of themselves from the time that they're like young kids. And we, you know, we did a lot of market research and we felt like hair care really hadn't seen a lot of the innovation and growth that um its other like beauty sisters have, like, you know, cosmetics and body care and skincare. And we felt like there was a lot of room for innovation and growth. Um, we we felt like that coming and kind of pulling from our Indian heritage and also like, you know, the market trends really kind of confirmed that. And so we we took some mm-hmm. calculated um you know, decisions to enter hair care uh, that was also really personally rooted as well.
0: Yeah, I love your backstory. You seems like you've been on a whole like journey from Vogue, Condé Nast. And I think one thing that really stuck out to me is the storytelling part of your career. And, you know, looking at your company and like just seeing all the graphics and the images, I can really tell that storytelling is such a big part of your company. I think even on your website, there's like a whole, page of like your relatives and how hair care was such an important part to you like even from childhood and I think for me I like incredibly relate to that I have so many memories of my mom sitting me down and forcing oil into my hair and you know maybe as a little kid I didn't really enjoy it as much but you know now as an older kid or you know college student I feel even more I want to connect to my heritage as much as I can because um, the older we get I feel like there's so much more disconnect from, you know, our heritage. And, uh, you know, just the other day, my mom was putting oil into my hair and like, I felt like that was such like a spa experience. And that's something I always will try to keep close to me, just hair care, because I think in the Indian culture, is such an important part. And it's also another way to, you know, connect to our culture and heritage and family too. And so I love the story, especially that you're working with your sister. I think that is it's such an amazing opportunity to, uh You know, co- deepen your connection to your heritage.
1: Yeah, thanks. I know. I we you know it especially hair care for South Asian women. It is such a um like it's it's so nostalgic for so many of us of like the kind of the bonds between females, whether it be you know your grandma or your mom or your auntie. It's something that is done collectively as women. Um, and for any of us that have ex- been had the you know kind of the privileged experience that you know even now or even when we were kids. Um, it's such a beautiful moment of really kind of taking care of one another as like as a collective of women, um, and we really wanted to really wanted to kind of uh, bring that essence. And no, not not every single time you use our hair care, you know, your, your grandma's around, your mom's not around, but we want you kind of want you to um, feel that kind of that love and connection. And again, like really share those stories, um, you know, through our through our different you know kind of marketing touch points and the ways that we kind of share our story. And I'll say that, like, you know, I think it's been it's been a really wonderful experience going through this journey with my sister. Besides the fact of like we do have really great like complementary like work skill sets and expertise that I think has really helped us like you know the grow a business, start a business, and then grow it. Um, but we also have like um, we kind of approach it in in, in different ways. So my sister is an engineer by trade. She didn't really, you know, she really. Um, she really kind of drives for innovation and and bettering experiences and she has that very kind of innovative engineering mind. And so like, you know, something like oiling our hair when we we're younger, you know, we she loved the outcome and the benefits, but she never really liked the experience. You know, she always was <laughs> you know, out of all the cousins when we'd go visit, you know, our, our grandparents, she was the one that would be like, you know, we'd be running away from our grandmother because she just she didn't like the experience of, you know, she always had kind of like fine, thin hair. She always felt like, um, you know, it was a kind of like hard to get in. It's hard to wash out. And I was on the other side. Like, I loved all those things. I was kind of like, you know, yeah. super beauty nerd and I loved all things natural. And I think, you know, as we started really um, developing our product strategy and, and an R&D of our products, um, it's just two different minds. It's like, you know, I really bring a lot of like the heritage and the ingredients and the knowledge of that. And my sister kind of comes in and puts on her like engineering, innovative, you know, hat and really wants to um, create like a full sensorial end experience with the foundation of these ancient Ayurvedic ingredients.
0: Yeah. It sounds like you guys are like two halves completing each other and making the company as full as it can be. And on the topic of, you know, being with your sister and working with her, like what exactly is it like to work with a sister? Is it, uh, you know, cohesive? Do you find to uh, kind of being debating over some things? How, how does that work?
1: Yeah. You know, um, we, we 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 never worked together before we were you know we as adults we barely even like lived in the same country for many years um but we've always had this just super deep like sisterhood she's like she's almost 9 years older than me so we have like a really big age gap but but from the time we were little we lived abroad a lot and so we were like each other's best friends even though we were like 9 years apart and we just had this like i think just really um respectful relationship even when we were kids you know even like we didn't really fight that much and maybe as big as she was much older um and i've always just been like like such a little sister that like just thought my sister was like just always the coolest and the best treated <laughs> <laughs> me um as respectfully as well even though i was so much younger than her she never kind of made me feel small or like insignificant and i think that's just kind of like that's just the way we are now was always our dynamic um i think like now obviously like getting older and now having like being each other's business partners i think the crux of everything that we do we really try to be as respectful to one another even though obviously we're family and there's obviously a level of familiarity that we have with one another that you know you've never experienced with like a colleague or peer before we try to really work with each other in a professional way you know we're not we we're not like even if we disagree with one another it's always dealt with like the way we would deal with it like any other colleague you know respectfully mindfully and so we we try to make sure that 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 line is clear and that we're not like you know (laughs) we know when it's work time we're not like we're not being unprofessional or i don't know pull each other's hair not that we pull each other's hair but figuratively we uh we try not to do that i think that also um we do pull so much of like we both have had so much work experience. I've come from the digital media and tech side. She comes from a more um, engineering and she got her MBA and more corporate like running PNLs and, and being the general manager of businesses. So I feel like we have like really great complementary skill sets and we allow each other to um, you know, take ownership around that. We try mm-hmm. not to get in each other's ways. Um, but then there's certain things that like we really overlap and we do um, we do it together. So it's something like the R&D, like the really the product development part is something that we do almost 50-50. Like I said, like, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, you know, I come up with, I I bring a lot of the Ayurvedic knowledge and ingredients, um, and those are foundational. And then my sister will come in and really work on like the delivery and um, kind of the science behind uh, the end formula. So there's like certain things that I think that like, it's great that we see each other's, we see each other's lane, we respect Mm -hmm. each other, like, skill sets and expertise. Um and and then there's certain things that we really um collaborate on like almost like in a 50 50 way. So you know, I think we've just kind of really outlined and detailed at least for now how where, <laughs> how we sit. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it always just really goes back to making sure that we, you know, we are business partners, we are treating each other in a professional way and that we're not like, you know, <laughs> being like being too Maddie's sisters fighting over something. We 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 try not, try not to do that.
0: No, yeah. I think it's really great that, you know, you guys have such a deeply founded respect for one another. I think uh, as siblings, sometimes things can get kind of blurry, but having that respect to kind of put things back to focus is, you know, very integral. I have two older brothers, so I can definitely see, like, the cat fighting. Even if I do have two older brothers, we do fight like and argue. But, you oh, yeah, know, have, making sure... Sh-
1: yeah, it was. Like, we kind of took a risk, you know. We didn't know, you know. We were kind of like yeah. a- making, like, we're like, can we do this? Let's be careful and <laughs> step by step. And you know, it could have maybe not been great, um, but I think that we were just, um, yeah, we're we are very careful. And I think at the end of it, like, you know, we we never want to lose our deep sisterhood. The business can come and go. That is secondary. We never, you know, we've always, we made this promise that we will never. You know it will never affect negatively affect our like sisterhood, you know, so I think that's always we keep very core.
0: Yeah, that's a very important like value to have, especially talking about Indian hair care and the womanhood inside of it. I think sisterhood is also very yeah. important part to that. So I think it's an opportunity for you guys to enhance your sisterhood and bond with what with one another. So I think that's a very beautiful part that you're working with your sister and you know you're discovering and exploring your heritage together. Yeah. Um, but next question: What does a typical day in your role look like, and what is your favorite part of the job? Uh,
1: my typical day. Um, I feel like I'm sure this is probably, You know, we're a very small, lean team. Um, I, you know, kind of run. For me, I'm the the day to day person for all things e commerce, direct to consumer, and um, all of our like all, majority of all of our marketing. Um, my sister um does a lot of the, um, the finances, the operations, and she handles retail. So for us, our biggest retail partner is Sephora, which is a new partner. So she deals kind of with all of that. So for me, um, you know, I'll kind of like my like my my day kind of ranges. So a lot of times, so our creative team, our our designers and our creative director actually are based out of Mumbai um and are like web developers based out of scotland so you know we have a big global team <laughs> um, and that means that like i actually wake up super early to like connect with them every single day so like you know we usually have like a touch base um around like 7 30 every single morning of all kind of again just various things on the website and all like anything that's design related um, and so it's my morning start really early and it's always kind of the fav- my, my favorite way to start because um so much of like the design um is goes back to storytelling it's such a um important part of our brand and what we want to create um and i absolutely love our design team and i love our creative director and uh you know we've become such good friends over the years she's one of like she has been there for, with us from the very beginning she's the one that just has designed all the packaging um any touch point both physical uh online and offline as well um and yeah and so like it, it's actually like i find it really i find it like Really fortunate for myself. I love that I like the first thing at early in the morning. I like you know we if we kind of talk all things design, whether it be on the website or an email or on social uh, packaging, um, that's kind of one of my first conversations. Um, so I love I love kind of kicking off in like a creative way that way because it's all mm-hmm. in the world of uh, it's my the creative side of my brain. Um, I think you know after that of the first couple of hours, of the first kind of hour of that, um, the rest of my day is like a mix of. Um, of making sure it's very, it can be very analytical. So I'm always looking at our like website analytics, how are people moving and behaving and converting, uh, always keeping keeping on look on that. Of course, all that, how that affects sales. And so I look at it on a, on a daily basis, um, you know, and other platforms as well. Maybe if we're running paid advertising, um, we're looking at our emails, our uh, all of our social media, it is very data driven. That is a lot of kind of my background as well. So there's like a big chunk of the day that I'm just, looking at performance and making sure that things are Mm -hmm. right and then working on things how to optimize um you know like how can i better experience the the site you know ux and ui um you know i'm talking with my developer being like oh hey there's like this new upgrade on shopify which is the platform we use or hey there's like this new app that helps you do x y and z so a lot of like it can be technical as well um and then like you know and then it's a lot of um like kind of like various meetings, whether it be with like our packaging person or we work, I work, we work very closely with our lab and we're always doing R and D um, and I'm based out of Dallas and our lab is based out of Dallas as well. So, at least once a week, I'm in the lab with our chemist, um, you know, and we're always like working on various you know, various formulas at at any given time. So I'm always kind of going over, kind of getting an update on like this, that, and the other, or going back and providing feedback. Um, So there's the product development for us that we create completely from scratch. Um, And so it is very, we're heavy heavy handed in it and very involved. And so that is always like, you know, kind of an ongoing thing. and then almost, you know, there's always like um, kind of various PR and, and marketing things, like whether it be interviews like this, or I'm talking to like an editor or, you know, kind of building relationships with influencers or a community. Um, and so, yeah, so that's kind of like, it, you know, it, it's like, it's a little bit of everything. Um, and it's a lot of, it's a lot of kind of external facing um, touch points, whether it be community, social media or site, um, and the design work, that's kind of what like consumes majority of my day. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love that, like, you have a little bit of everything in your work, like, it's just not just one thing, and you kind of wear all these different hats throughout the day, and it's also really nice that you get to start the day off with a creative side, or like the creative part of your brain, I think, for me, like, just working on something that I'm very passionate about, like, podcasting or making videos, that's very grounding for me, and being able to do that from the, the start of the day kind of sets the mood for the rest of the day. And I also think it's really cool that you get to go into the lab and see the actual process of things being made. And it sounds like you get to use your STEM scientific side of, you know, the, of your, uh, of your brain. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. It is. Um, and you know, we're always, we have like a really loyal community. So we have testers that get, you know, if we like, you know, after we like, we feel like we're like seventy percent done with the formulation. Um, we have like this loyalist group that we're, you know, they they test out like samples of our products. and you know, so we'll send them out. We'll get their feedback, and then we'll like finish the 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 remaining like thirty percent of that formula as like you know, well, um, from like the feedback from the community. Um, so you know, it's like it it's like the origins. Obviously, the foundation is a lot of like the Ayurvedic knowledge and understanding and science behind the individual ingredients and like. What it does to your scalp and to your hair tech type and texture. Um, then there's like the innovation part that like my sister especially brings. Um, and then the rest of it is like really listening and understanding our community's needs um, and their feedback. And like I know we've and we've been very fortunate to build this like great group of like loyalists um, who really like love and understand the brand and who like test out our, our like lab samples all the time and like help us you know help us get to that perfect formula.
0: Oh, my gosh, that must be so fun to receive all these samples and kind of be at the forefront of you know innovative Ayurvedic hair care. But, you know, talking about Ayurvedic and Ayurvedic rituals and care, heritage, um, we kind of did touch on this, but how have your identities as Indian women shaped the people you are today and your approach towards leading the business?
1: Yeah, I think it's been, it's been like a huge driving factor, whether it be like the way we approach it all the way to like what the end product is and what it symbolizes and where, you know, what it came from and the origin of it. Um, you know, I always say that, like, we, we always forever indebted to like our, our immigrant parents and like, and what they taught to us. They're so, um, prideful, um, uh, of their culture and they've, you know, they've taught that to us, and we've inherited it. And along with that is also just like their, their worth work ethics and the way they approach um, any sort of task, you know, and so I think from the origin of the, of the, you know, the impetus of the business, and then also um, the way me and my sister work on it, and the way that we've like, put that kind of, um, you know, the dedication and the discipline into it, um, I think all comes from you know, I think it comes from my our parents, um, and I think it's a very big part of um, immigrant life, and I think also like South Asian culture as well. Um, so I think that like you know both like externally what the company represents, and then also internally the way it's worked on every part of it. Um, I think it's a reflection of like who we are as South Asian women, um, as children of immigrants, and um, and kind of you know like the the message that we want to um we want to share with the world you know so it, it's like it like it really impacts every part of the business and it's one of those things like you know when i was when i was an undergrad and i was getting my degree in south asian cultural studies it felt like you know it was it was a little bit hard i feel like so much of like so many of like you know my family friends and um and the rest of my family went into stem it's like a very you know kind of like a, like a go-to um you know kind of what industry but i was like i always was so passionate about understanding and learning and sharing my culture but i didn't really know what to do with it you know exactly and i feel like it's amazing the world that we live in you know that was you know i graduated in 07 and the world was very different back then and it's great that even like 15 years later um the world has like allowed me to take this passion that I didn't really think could be a career and turn it into like turn it into a business and career so um no it's it's uh it's a big driving factor our identity and our and our cultural background
0: yeah I definitely agree that um my parents as well are immigrants from India and so I think their whole journey and wanting to provide a better life for my brothers and I is very inspirational and also a driving factor for whatever I want to do in my life It's Is always, you know, I think it's a constant reminder and motivating factor in, you know, making sure that I pursue my dreams with everything that I have. And, uh, you know, we might, we, I mean, obviously we're gonna face so many obstacles and people saying that we can't do something, but just reminding myself of the journey my parents took to give us life is something that I know will always be uh, with me. And especially like when you mentioned about being in college and studying South Asian study, uh, you know, doing. South Asian studies, I definitely yeah. have had my mind on that because I do feel a disconnect from my heritage. Uh, I unfortunately don't know my mother's language. And so I have been kind of struggling with that and wanting to maybe learn Telugu or Hindi in like an attempt to kind of connect even further into my culture. And um, yeah, I, I think that just hearing your story is also very inspirational for me to kind of take that extra step into furthering my cultures so,
1: like yeah <laughs> I you know and I feel like for us for you know and I feel like for so many like you know again like the immigrants or even children of immigrants like our relationship with our identities um and our like origin home countries are varied you know like everyone has very different unique individual experiences and um, stories for my both my sister and I we we always did feel very connected with our with our culture. Um, And we spent a lot of time entrenched in it as well. Um, And I think that that was one of the things where we always, what was the struggle for us was that we felt like um, we couldn't unabashedly celebrate it, you know, being woman being brown woman growing up in the 80s and 90s, early 2000. It was it was, you know, for lack of a better word, it was uncool to be brown to be Indian. Um, And there was, you know, only very like a very small amount of representation. And it was a lot of stereotypes and tropes that didn't Mm -hmm. capture a wide variety of of South Asians that like live all over the world. Um, And so I think like so much of besides even just like, um, obviously, like so much of like the way that we product develop um, is, you know, has has an origin in our culture. But we really want to, you know, I kind of say like, you know, we always we really want to even the way we like market it, it's it's a bit like loud and proud. And we want, we want you know, I think like after so many decades of feeling this certain type of um, not being, feeling marginalized, feeling like a minority, feeling like um, the way we looked or the way we smelled or what the things that we did were not, you know, kind of pop culturally accepted. We really want to push that boundary. And, you know, I always be like, Look, why can't being Indian be cool? You know, like, you know, you're cool. Yeah cool if you're italian like like why can't being indian be cool um and uh, you know there's such a unique um uh it, it's it's such a great unique and big culture and there's like so many different facets to it so that's like a big part of like even just we try to be really we try to be really loud with our brand which um you know is very it's a very pointed decision and i think that comes from like decades of not feeling like we weren't we loved it so much inside but we didn't we didn't feel like it was safe to celebrate it, to be like unabashedly uh be in love with it. And so I think like that's that's so much of also like just the way that I feel like even the way we brand and our visuals and our um you know, our typography and our colors, uh really pull a lot from like everyday South Asian. Um, and like we really try to be a little like in your face because we feel like yeah. we weren't. We were always kind of silent in the corner growing up, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think that, I feel like I'm living in an age where um, having, like, everyone's celebrating their culture now, especially South Asian culture, it is very loud and radiant, and it should be that way instead of being suppressed as it has been in the past. Yeah. And being in college and surround, being surrounded by such a big diaspora of South Asian people and Indian people, I feel like I have this renewed sense of courage to, you know, not be so, um, I guess, hes- hesitant to talk about my background and I remember when I was younger, I would always be so, not ashamed, but I guess not as confident about my frizzy hair. And I would always try to find ways to like hide it. But now that I'm in college, I've found different ways to embrace my frizzy my frizziness or, um, you know, just different aspects of being Indian. And I think in doing that, I've, you know, kind of embraced everything to the fullest extent. And I feel even more beautiful being an Indian. And companies like yours that are, you know, you like, um, that are, making everything loud and being as radiant as they can is definitely helping young girls like me to really take that fullest extent to being Indian. And I think one thing I love about your campaign, as you mentioned, is the colors. I think it represents everything that being Indian and South Asian is that we're bright and we're loud and we're joyful as well. We have such a radiant and exuberant culture that needs to be shared.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's like you said that you you actually asked a question earlier that I didn't, Particularly and you said, "Well, what's your favorite thing about what you do?" And it's like it's this right here—a hearing, especially. I mean, whether it doesn't, regardless of your age, but especially like young women, because like again, like I was—I was your age almost twenty years ago, and life was very different in this country at that point. And the fact that like um, we can just be part of this like new, positive, celebratory—you know—kind of you know help that environment and and make young especially young women feel comfortable and excited about being who they are. Um, I think that's, that's the best part of like, you know, of what we do. Yeah.
0: I I definitely do want to like try and do what you guys are doing in the future as well, because there's so much room to um, inspire girls, to embrace every part of their identity, whether it's background or um, the language they speak or just any aspect of themselves. And so, um, yeah, you guys are very inspiring to me and I will, um, yeah, I'm excited to see wherever Shaws and Kicks leads you guys. And on that note, you know, what does the future hold for Shaws and Kicks? I want to just give you congratulations for launching into Sephora. I saw that the other day and I thought that was an amazing accomplishment. So congratulations. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Yes, it's been um, an exciting milestone for us for, for sure. Launching in, you know, one of the um, most, you know, globally, most um, most prominent beauty retailers and you know, I think that's like, you know, we really think of this as like a win for the community. You know, Sephora has, um, you know, ha- has accepted to be part of their family and the portfolio. That's because they see the need and the demand and the interest in what we're creating, and what we're sharing. Um, and I think that only comes from like, you know, the, the this like the the support that we're getting as as like as part of a larger community whether you are south asian or not um so we really feel like it's a community win um and so we're, we're super excited about it i think you know for us we're going to continue i think the number one thing is for us to really um just make sure that we are creating um really quality premium needed products um i feel like you know we, we do struggle being in like you know like in a capitalistic high consumer business world you know where, you know we there are times where we struggle we don't want to just create things for the sake of creating things um and there's a lot of pressure from it in various ways when you're running a business to like continue to create more and i think we really want to create consciously and so we always say that we want to really stay true to that and want to make sure that we are really um uh, understanding the needs of, um, of of our community for people that you know use our hair care products or want to use your hair care products and um, create like the best type of product that we possibly can for them. So I think that's always going to be um, like the core of anything that we do. And yeah, we wanna to continue to like, you know, grow here and become like, you know, we always say like, our, our goal is to become like one of the best globally well-known hair care companies. So that's the goal. <laughs>
0: I definitely see that in your future, especially with the way your brand and message is portrayed to the outside world. And to me, it is such an amazing, it's exciting to be a part of. So I am rooting for you guys to be globally recognized and known. Um, But talking about how you're developing your business and you're growing into the business world, what are some of the challenges that you faced as a business leader and a woman?
1: Yeah, I think that, um, (laughs) Having your own business is very hard and I know I'm not saying anything new, Um, but, you know, I think there's definitely this like sexiness that media puts on it and it is when you're in it, it is very hard (laughs) and a lot of kind of the cool external glossy things that um, that you see from the outside, you know, is is like not always like the entire picture. So I think that being said, I think some of the hardest things is, I think, again, kind of going back to what I was just saying about for us, we want to create consciously, we want to create slowly. And that is a little bit against the grain. Um, You know, it's like, you know, we. We are we're primarily self-funded. We've had a first pre-seed round. We don't have many external investors, but that could change in the future. So, you know, you start having just more stakeholders. You're, you know, you're answering to investors, you're answering to retail um, and just, you know, kind of the, the general market and demand. And, um, you know, for us, I think uh, one of the things that is always really challenging is really sticking to the guns of what we think is what's right for us. And we want to grow um, healthy and with a with a focus with profitability. And we want to grow very consciously um, and the cadence that makes sense for us. And I think that's like, it's like a lofty thing to say. Um, but I think at the end of the day, that is, I think one of the hardest things is to really stick to your guns because, um, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, there's like multiple paths to take. And there's many voices and many people And um, it's important to take advice. It's important to talk to others. Um, It's important to have advisors. It could be important to have investors if that's the route that you take. Um, But I think the hardest thing is to really be, um, listen to your gut and to really stick to like what you think is the right way to grow um, your brand and to grow your company. Um, And that means sometimes saying no to external money. Sometimes that says no to retail partners, being like, no, I don't wanna create five products this year. Um, you know, I'm gonna only create two. Um, and so I think the hardest part is is with sticking to your guns, is the um is is like say no more than yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think that's it's a it's a little bit like high level, but I think that pertains to a lot of the like the day-to-day and big decisions that we have to take.
0: Yeah, I think it even relates to outside of having a company, making sure that you believe in yourself yes. and you have that, you have enough courage in yourself to say no, because I think in the day, in the type of world we live in, we have so many voices and so many distractions that are kind of cornering us. And it is, it, it does feel like we have a lot of pressure to say yes to certain things or to take this opportunity, but only you know what's right for you. And having that mindset, especially for a business, I think it's essential to making sure that you build a company that is not only successful, but authentic to you and your story. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think it's, you know, I think it's hard, like you saying, like, you know, I talked a lot about obviously the, a lot of the internal driving factors, but, you know, we live in a very competitive cluttered world and whatever industry and in, whatever you're doing, this is not even anything to do with just having your own business. And, you know, we're always looking at others, other brands, other people, other founders, you know, and so it's, it's, it's only human to also be, really bogged down by what everyone else is doing. Um, And I think, again, getting inspiration, having good, right, helpful conversations and getting inspired by others or other brands is great. But keeping the things that are not applicable to you out of your mindset is really important. And it's really hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely agree. Like being in college, there are a lot of things that you want to do or that you feel like you have to do. And so I've been trying to learn to, I guess, like protect my own space and letting things come into my bubble if I really want them to, or if I feel like they're right for me. And that's definitely something that uh, I will take on in like my later life if I have a company or in whatever job I have, because it's important to stay true to who you are, because that's the only way that I think true success will drive from. Yeah. Um, But I guess moving on, we'll move on to the rapid fire question round. So these are gonna be just five quick questions and you just say whatever is on the top of your mind. All right, so what do you do in your free time? Um,
1: I've really prioritized this year, especially having um, like, face-to-face time with my loved ones. And so uh, going beyond like texting or FaceTime, I've really prioritize, um, you know, taking trips with my friends, with my family, going and visiting, going visiting my parents. Um, I think that especially coming out of the pandemic and then also being an entrepreneur, I work from home. I'm like kind of in my like crazy little bubble all the time Um, and and A, I don't wanna live like that and B, I don't think that's helpful either. Um, And I really, um, especially kind of kind of, after going through COVID and after it really um, feel grateful to have like the people in my life and to really like take the time and energy and effort to spend like physical face-to-face time with them. So um, I do a lot of that. So I do a lot of spend, I do love and like really making time for my, for my best friends and for my family members. Um, other than that, i really love ceramics. I I started taking up pottery a couple of years ago. So um, I love doing that. Again, I think it's one of those things that really pulls me out of like my, like, whatever entrepreneur bubble. Um, It's like, you know, you're my phone is away. It's for several hours. Your hands are messy. So you can't think of anything else other than like what's right in front of you. So I really like that. I like took up this hobby and it just helps me like focus and like disconnect from like you know my work world um and then other than that I really like taking baths I'm like a really big bath person <laughs> and I love reading in the bath so trying to honestly I feel like the the theme of this is not very rapid fire at all I'm so sorry no no you're good you're good you're good the theme is, is for me to find things find find like things that give me joy that take me away from like screens and phone um and and like really help me like you know kind of I don't know have like good quality time with people or myself
0: That is really cool. I love the ceramics part that you've gotten into. I think that is such a like unique thing to do and especially if you're wanting to get away from your phone because you are completely like hands-on and (laughs) uh yeah you have no choice but other than to focus on the thing that's right in front of you and I think it's a very good way to kind of remove all the distractions and stress and worries from the real world and focus on creating something right in front of you. And I love the bath part. I think that's definitely needed in today's world. We need some time to like relax and distress and also being with friends and family. Next question. What is your favorite Indian food or dish? Um, I am, I am
1: Bengali. And so I'm a really big lover of like non-veg food. And I'll have to say, I really love like mutton biryani or like my mom's like mutton curry. So I'm like, I don't, I don't have it that often, but
0: that's definitely my favorite thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I love mutton. My We went to India recently and my brothers just ordered mutton the whole time. I <laughs> recently turned vegetarian, but I could just tell from their faces that like they loved it over there and I wish I could have tried it, but it definitely looked good. <laughs> yeah. Next so good. question. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is your favorite Shaws and Kicks product?
1: Ooh, um. I think that I will, I will, I will. It, it, that's really hard because I feel like I love all of them. Um, but I will have to say that it was my very, very favorite one. I will have to say our very first product that we created, which is also our best seller, It's a scalp and hair pre-wash. Um, it's like that creamy hair mask. It's like taking an innovative, um, uh, uh, sorry, formula for hair oiling. So it's like taking all the different like beneficial oils and herbs. But it's like in a like a creamy hair mask form, um, so it's easy to put in, easy to wash out, and I feel like whenever it is just such a great reset. Like I feel like whenever my hair, when I'm just like ah, like I'm like annoyed with my hair, I feel like it's either too what too dry or too damaged or too oily. Um, I put it on for a couple of hours, and I just feel like I completely like renews it. So I I'll have to go back to my very first child, which is this cop and hair pre wash mask.
0: Yeah, I think, like, having that first step, like, oiling your hair is, I think, the beginning of Ayurvedic hair rituals. And so, yeah, that's really cool. Um, Describe yourself in three words. I will say I'm really,
1: um, really driven. I've always been an incredibly, like, just driven person. Um, I'm really solution focused. I don't like carping on like the problem my mind immediately will always try to be like how can this be a positive thing how can there be a solution how can there be like a better outcome um i think i will say um i'm a really enthusiastic person i'm like very energetic um and i approach Like anything and everything in life, even like, I don't know, making eggs. I I just, I I approach it with a lot of um, enthusiasm and energy and like a lot of spirit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can definitely see all of those things about you when you were talking about your backstory and you've had such an amazing journey working with such big companies and then also wanting to create something of your own. And then talking about your enthusiasm, you are clearly very passionate about what you do and I can definitely see that you have some inner joy that is just uh, impossible to not contain. And it's just uh, contagious. Uh, So yeah. Uh, Last thing, last question. What is your Hogwarts house? If you were to be sorted. Wait, ask that one more time. Uh, Your Hogwarts house. So from Harry Potter.
1: Hogwarts house. Oh, Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um. Yes. Okay. So this is really funny because we played this game with like my with my family all the time. I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan, but I've watched it. Like <laughs> my nieces were a big fans, so as so is my sister, and so we'll like, always play like in the family, like who's where. Um. I think I would be. Um. So I've been told I would be in Ravenclaw. Um. And it's just like it's like, it's like, because like I'm a little like I like I like kind of like drum like I marched my own drumbeat I'm very individualistic I like I feel like I can kind of like I'm an Aquarian so I can kind of like drift off in my own worlds I'm a little like quirky and odd anyway so these are some (laughs) things that like that my like my nieces have said make me a Ravenclaw
0: (laughs) okay yeah I Ravenclaw is a solid house I personally love Gryffindor but I'm not sure if I would be sorted into that but Ravenclaw is definitely a solid house Um, (laughs) so those were all the questions for rapid fire but one last question to end out the podcast what advice would you give to young women entering the workforce especially the world of entrepreneurship i would say you know more than you think you do
1: and i say this to myself every day <laughs> um and i think that through this especially through this journey where i've had to like learn a new skill like uh, Almost every day, you know, and in a certain way, you know, and entrepreneurs do again, like we've we don't have a large team. It's mostly like, you know, just a couple of people doing like a million things. And I think I've surprised myself of like how much you're capable of doing, how much you're able to like learn. And um, you know, and I think that we've like I feel like especially just in the world that we live in, you know, we like get a degree in, some, in something and then you like, there's very specific steps and you think that, oh, I can only do like ABC because that's what I'm trained in or that's what I've studied, that's what my job has been. But um, I think especially as women, we doubt ourselves so much um, and, you know, suffer from things like imposter syndrome. But my biggest piece of advice to especially women is that you know a lot more than you think you do.
0: Yeah, I love that piece of advice. I think just allowing yourself to, take the take the world first like I guess head on and making sure that as you said that you stick to your guns and you stick to yourself is going to be essential to I guess achieving your dreams and that's something I will definitely hold on to Um, because I think being in the position I where I am right now in college it is the real world does seem very scary and sometimes I feel like I don't know how I'm going to tackle on the real world yeah. But I think always going back to yourself and your beliefs and passions is, I guess, very grounding for me. And I'm sure it is for a lot of young other young women in that same position.
1: Yeah. It's that you are a lot more powerful and smarter than you think you are. Um, and I feel like being women in this world, we're always self-doubting ourselves. And that's unfortunately the way kind of the world is. But um, no one is smarter, cooler and better than a woman. So remember that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree. It's definitely yeah. a woman's world. <laughs> but yeah, that were that were all the questions that I had for you uh, for the podcast. Is there anything else that you would like to add on before we close out this episode?
1: No, I just want to say thank you so much for giving me this opportunity and for so much of your like love and support for Shazam Kicks. And it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you
0: and sharing all the things that we did. Of course. I am so glad that you made it and that you were able to share such an inspiring story. I will always be reading you guys on in Shaws and Kicks. So, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. This is your host, Gowrie Rangu, and I'll see you in the next episode of It's a Woman's World.